You're listening to a sermon from New Hill Church. We pray that this message helps you to put Jesus into perspective. If you have questions about a relationship with Jesus or about this sermon, please email us at engage at newhilloh.com. Get out your Bibles uh, or your phones, uh, whichever generation you're from, um, whatever works for you. You can get these out and go to Psalm 100. That's where we're going to be this morning. All Every bit of Psalm 100, um, we're going to read today. All five verses. Some of you all get worried around here. We've read every verse and every um, chapter of Nehemiah, so you know that we're not afraid to, <laughs> to read lengthy passages here at New Hill Church. Um, if this is your first time, I pray that this won't be your last time. Um, we will be in larger passages uh, down the road. As you all are turning there, um, we're just going to spend some time in, in this, this psalm, which is a psalm of thanksgiving. But I, I want to just remember again, as, as a kid, as you get excited and you're giddy, you can forget some important things. Next week is our big grand opening. We're just praying that you would invite your friends, your family, your neighbors um, to that grand opening as we launch into our Christmas series, which is home for Christmas. And we're coming home, right? We're coming to our, our new building, but we're actually talking about our eternal home. So we're going to talk about the things that drive us home for Christmas, right? The holidays, when we go home and visit. Sometimes we, we like to go home for sweets. Sometimes it's, it's for the lights. We, we like going out and seeing the lights, and that's something that drives us to, to our home, some traditions that we have. But we're going to take those traditions, and we're going to point to the Bible. So we're going to be diving into the Scriptures and what the Scripture might say about those shining lights, but how Jesus actually came to be the light. I don't want spoil the whole series for you. Um, and then uh, we will be jumping into an Old Testament book in January. So I'm getting ahead of myself here, but uh, make sure that you're inviting some people next week as we have our grand opening here at our building. Psalm 100, we pick up here, and it is, you should have a little header, which is not scripture, but it, it gives us an idea. It's a psalm for giving thanks Here's what Psalm 100 says. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good, His steadfast love endures forever, and His faithfulness to all generations. That's God's Word for us this morning, church. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father, we come to You this morning thankful. In a season where we, we give a lot of thanks, God, I pray that this would be a reminder that that Your steadfast love endures forever, and our praise for You should be never-ending. I pray that we would not just enter into the season of thanks thinking that the season will end, but rather we would continue to not only be in awe of who You are, be thankful for who You are, for what You've done and what You'll continue to do, but we would continue to, to shout, to serve, and to sing Your glory. God, that we would sing praises up to You, our Almighty Lord. I pray that, that we, would, we would leave here not just doing that personally, but God, that we as a family collectively would worship You. And God, as we go, as we gather in to go back out, I pray that we would be a light in this world, God, that we would actually be the hands and the feet, that that would not become a, a stale statement, 
where we just say it and we feel good and it feels like we're giving some kind of thanks, but we would actually go and do the work of ministry and be ministers to those you've placed us around. Not just this town, but our actual neighbors. Lord, I pray just this morning that our hearts would just turn to You, our eyes would turn to You. God, and if they won't, I pray that You would turn them for us. And I pray that we would leave here if not already thankful, more thankful, focused on You and the mission You've called us to. We love You and we praise You. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. How many of you all celebrated a good Thanksgiving? I won't ask the number that you had at your house or the number of people that were there where you attended, but how many of you all celebrated a good Thanksgiving? I, even if you celebrated alone, sometimes that's the, the way to do it. It's a weird season. Um, Maybe I saw some people that I went to school with, they were Zooming uh, their parents uh, across the country. They didn't get to go see them, uh, but it was a good time uh, getting to, to eat some food. I'm from West Virginia. I'm Baptist. love to eat, right? So it was a good time, and I just wanted to really, with our first service here, uh, dive into this psalm um, to remind us how thankful uh, we should be for uh, the faithful God that we serve. And I've got a main point for us as we look at this uh, short psalm, and that is that gratitude leads to devotion. That's our main point this morning. I'm not going to uh, go full Baptist on us with the three points, but our main point that we're going to drive home this morning is that gratitude leads to devotion. Now, see, we, we typically we reverse this order, and I don't think really that that could happen. We could talk about it and discuss right um, whether or not this is true. But as I, I, I think about it, at least in the sense of our, our walk with Christ, I don't think that we can reverse these orders. That gratitude leads to devotion. Now what happens is we enter in, especially to this holiday season, I've got a, a nice uh, Christmas devotional, right? And we, we read these devotions, we do a devotion, and it leads to a little bit of gratitude, right? We're like, oh, like I'm, I'm grateful, like I, I remember that. And then we, we go about our life, right? And then we start with the devotion, we feel a little grateful, and we leave. And, and we, we really turn these devotions into these books. And don't get me wrong, they're great. But it's gratitude, it's the gratefulness when we understand who God is, what He has done for us that we could never do, dying on the cross, paying the penalty for our sin, being the atonement, right? That leaves us grateful. Amen, church? It should. That should be like a, a hefty amen, right? Like, we haven't met in three weeks, like, a, I've been saving this up. Amen, right? That should make us grateful. And then that gratitude should lead us to devotion, not to a devotional, but to devotion, a life devoted to the Lord and to the service He's called us to and saved us for, right? That we've actually been saved for a work. Jesus said that, that we would go on, He told His disciples, you'd go on to do greater works, right? That's crazy, but it's He who lives inside of us and is continuing to push forward for His kingdom through broken people like us. So there's a few things that we're going to look at. We're going to look at these uh, verses 1, 2, and 4 because that's going to tell us what we should do. And verses 3 and 5 will tell us why we should do it. Okay? So let's look first at, at verse 1. Again, with the main point being gratitude leads to devotion. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth. All the earth. The psalmist directs us into a clear place of thanksgiving. 
Being in the season that we're in, we understand statements of thanksgiving, but in Christ we should live a life of thanksgiving. And what he's saying here in verses 1, 2, and 4 is that that is shouting, that is serving, and it is singing. In verse 1 here, the interesting piece is that this verse is not only calling God's people, right? A lot of God's Word is directed specifically to God's people. That's why it's often misused when we go out and just shout it to people who aren't a part of God's people yet, right? But this... The psalmist includes all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Not make a joyful noise to all the earth, but he's directing every person created in the image of God. Every created person should cheer for God. Any of you all sports fans in here? You can raise your hand. Yeah, all right, sports fans. Okay, yep, Bill. We got a, a quarterback over there. He's like, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm a sports fan. Yeah, definitely a sports fan, right? You've got to be a sports fan, right? Um, so especially last night, I don't know if you all saw, but Mike Tyson um, laced them up in the gloves. as like 40-pound gloves now. They're like trying to like keep them weighted down, and they like made all these rules. But I, I noticed leading up to the fight, there was nobody bashing him. There's nobody bashing the other guy. There was this sense of, of mutual respect. You could have never been a, a Mike Tyson fan. I, I saw several posts like that. I never liked Mike Tyson, but this is going to be awesome. right? This is going to be cool. Um, I, I never liked the other guy, which I, Roy Jones Jr., I believe. Any of you like real boxing fans are going to be like, he's not a fan. He didn't know who that was. But everybody was excited leading up to it, and it didn't matter if you were a fan of the one guy or the other. You had mutual respect for both of them, there's just some kind of sense. If you're a fan of baseball, if there's a pitcher who finally uh, pitches a no-hitter at the very end of the game, if he was on the opposing team and shut your team out, there's a sense of respect where you, you played a great game. That was awesome. We don't always get to see that kind of greatness, right? Um, if you're a basketball fan, uh, LeBron James has to have a certain kind of respect. Michael Jordan deserves a certain kind of respect. Steph Curry all have their own realm and when you see that kind of greatness you can't just sit back and be like oh right you you kind of like are in like awe of like what you're witnessing and that is what this psalmist is saying here about the lord who deserves all the praise much more praise than any of the athletes we watch on tv any of the pastors we listen to on sunday mornings any praise that we give to anyone or anything god deserves all of that and more. Everything that we have. And the psalmist says that here. All the earth make a joyful noise. And it's funny when you, you really figure out what joyful noise is, it's a, a sense of, of cheering. Actually shouting. To my wrestling fans, right? If you like the WWE or whatever, it's, it's not fake, Steve. Like, it'd be like a, a Ric Flair, right? If we're going to praise God, and be like, woo! Yeah? Steve, come on. You let it out, Steve. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Woo! I got him smiling back there. He's not going to entertain my shenanigans. But it's literally a joyful noise. So that's good news to us who can't keep a tune, can't keep a pitch when we're singing. The psalmist, you can look at the person sitting next to you and be like, psalmist tells me just lift up a joyful noise, not a beautiful noise. A joyful noise. And church, that's what God deserves. God deserves our cheer and our praise. God deserves that from all of the earth. Everyone's praise. Not half, not 99%. All of it. 
And you see, the, the big thing here is that God does not quit being God because someone's not going to acknowledge Him. You, you, you might go out and, and you realize that some people don't want to hear your gospel presentation. They don't want to hear you, you sharing the good news with them, but it doesn't matter. They are to give God the praise that He deserves. Because He's not going to stop being God because they do not acknowledge that. Verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. It's like all cool, right? We like read this and it's like serve the Lord, and then we look at the next part with gladness. Right? If if we're a kids volunteer, like we would we would serve the Lord at that capacity with gladness. If we we greet, right, that we would serve the Lord at that capacity with gladness. If we're going out and, and doing some kind of um, meal train, that we would sign up and serve the Lord at that capacity with gladness. If we're going to go to some kind of homeless shelter and serve some way there, that we would go and we would serve the Lord at that capacity with what, church? Gladness. That we would be joyful in, in the, the area uh, that God has placed us in to serve. Whatever it might be, whatever influence God has given us, that we would serve and we would serve Him with gladness. See, we often think of, of, of service to God as um, just something that we can just give out, right? Like it's just, I kind of have a little bit of extra here. But we are, we are called to give God all that we have. Every bit of us. Okay? Psalm 50, verse 14. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Now, when we sacrifice our, our time, right, that is a sacrifice. But when we do not do it with gladness, we are completely missing the mark. See, it's gratitude that will lead us to devotion. And that's what I'm saying. If we start and we reverse the order, at least spiritually, if we start with devotion, then we're never going to get to a place of gratitude because devotion and just doing things does not lead to a place of gratitude. You don't believe me? Men, when you wash the dishes, does it make you grateful? Maybe make you grateful like when she does it, right? You're like, well, I'm glad she does this, but I hate doing it, right? I like, need to figure out another way to like, love her so that she'll do this, right? Devotion doesn't typically lead to gratitude. Psalm 50, verse 14. Listen to what it said. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High. Our commitment to the Lord. Psalm 50, verse 23. The one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice glorifies me. To the one who orders his way rightly, I will show the salvation of God. And then Peter even hit on this. Talking about... Um, offering up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Paul talks about it in Romans 12, that we would offer ourselves, which is our, our spiritual worship. And it's right. It is good. So it's ourself. But if we do not first understand the Gospel, we cannot get to a place of devotion, a life lived for God. But we're commanded here, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. What a beautiful thing, church, that we, we get to gather and we don't just get to listen to uh, goofy guys like me share a message for um, an hour and a half um, every Sunday, but we get to come in and we get to, to sing together and sing beautifully too. Wow. 
I know that, I don't know how it sounded back there for you guys, if my pitch carried back that way, if it kind of threw some of you off, but it was beautiful being together. That's why I, I felt giddy, is that we've, we've joined together this morning, we've gathered as the bride of Christ this morning together to glorify Him. And one of the ways that we glorify Him is through singing. Singing up praises to the one who's deserving of it. Serve the Lord with gladness. That is a tough challenge for us to carry, but let us carry it proudly this month and leading into next year that we would, we would begin to figure it out. Church, as, as we, we gather in this building, we need to remember that this is just a tool for the ministry. This is not the ministry, right? That we go out to be the church. We gather in to go back out. And as we go out and as we gather in, wherever we are serving, that we would do it with gladness. Now sometimes serving will require you to let other people serve you. right? Don't get burnt out. Don't get tired. Don't, don't let yourself get in that season because if you look around you, none of these people here, our church family, wants you to enter into that season. So sometimes in your serving, you need to be served also. Don't do it alone. Serve the Lord with gladness. Jump down to verse 4. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Now this is a really interesting place for them that they're, they're being reminded. That they can't go so far in the temple, right? But he's, the psalmist here is reminding them to enter His gates with thanksgiving being thankful for God, that they could come this far to His presence. Church, how much more do we have to be thankful for that, that we are in His presence at all times as believers, covenant believers who have accepted the good news of Jesus Christ, who have been saved by grace through faith? How much more do we have to be thankful for that we are in His presence at all times, that He has sent His Spirit to dwell inside of us, to guide us, to navigate us through this life? How much more do we have to be thankful for? I mean, seriously, think about this. They, they were waiting for the coming Messiah. They were waiting for the outpouring of the Spirit. In verse 4, enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. Blessed be His name, church. He deserves all of it. All that we have. Church, gratitude leads us to a place of devotion. When we understand these things, it leads us to a healthy place of devotion, not the other way around. See, our devotionals, they should be getting us into the Word, right? Which should be helping our knowledge of who God is and what He would have for us, and that it would change the way that we would live, that we would be devoted to Him, not devoted to the things that we want to be devoted to. So the psalmist tells us here in verses 1, 2, and 4 what we should do. Shout, sing, and serve... And then he tells us why. Verse 3, Know that the Lord, He is... Someone say it for me. God. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. To know the Lord that He is God. To miss that is to miss the good news. Even for them in the, the Old Testament, you couldn't have faith apart from that. Know that the Lord, He is God. He is the Creator, the Sustainer, the Redeemer of all things broken. 
And that was good news. And when you know that, it leads you to a place of gratitude which will lead you to a life of devotion. Matthew Henry says this, he says, Knowledge is the mother of devotion and of all obedience. Blind sacrifices will never please a seeing God. Know it. Consider and apply it, and then you will be more close and constant, more inward and serious in the worship of Him. It's Matthew Henry. And he hit the nail on the head here. Church, we move, we, we hear the Word of God, we read the Word of God, right? And that can end up here, right? There's so many of us that can answer questions, Bible questions, right? We can go back to maybe some of you all were raised in church and you went through Sunday school and you can answer all of those Sunday school questions, but your heart never felt it. So then your hands never did it. You see, every piece of Scripture, every verse, every word, that's why we read it all when we go through it, we know it to be valuable because it is, in fact, God's Word, and errant. Profitable for us, His people. So when we know it, when we value it, we should feel it in our heart, we should understand that we need the change, and we should go out and do something about it. Every word, every word is profitable for us. Every word is valuable for us and to us. And to God be the glory alone. You see, it should change us. And I hear people in our community, and I'm not going to throw out names or anything, like it's going to sound like a bash fest for a second, but I know spiritual leaders in the community that do not value God's Word. And if you ask them, they'd tell you bluntly, it could be this, it could be something else. Well, it's just not true. It's wrong, right? It's wrong. It's misleading. We are to value God's Word. We are to read it, delight in it, love it, cherish it. Go live it out and go share it. See, knowing who God is and what He wants us to believe and do will in fact change the way that we live. And it will change the way not only that we live, but the way that we think. That it's moving from our uh, minds to our hearts to our hands. Head, heart, hands, right? It's an easy way to remember. Starts in your head, goes to your heart, changes your hands. We've been doing a lot of work around here uh, lately with the building, and this really started to come out, right? Like when you really understand it, when you have that knowledge, it will change your actions. So while we're doing a lot of this work, we've been eating a lot of fast food. Um, you can't see it because I've been working hard, right? Uh, but believe me, I've been eating a lot of fast food, a lot of it. Um, one of the places that I, I can think of a couple times, because I know I got chewed out for it, um, <clears throat> she's not in here, so Aubrey's the one who chewed me out. I learned, or I was reminded, um, when we go to Dairy Queen, and I get the chicken strip basket, my wife loves the gravy, right? Any other gravy lovers here? You like, love gravy? We're coming out of Thanksgiving, no one loves gravy? I don't like gravy, so um, anyways, this is what's going to lead into the story. So. I don't like gravy. And I usually share this chicken strip basket with Maylee. I ask for ranch. If you know me, you know I'm a ranch man. I'll eat ranch on anything. As a kid, I ate it off of bread. So I go and I get the ranch for our chicken strip basket. Aubrey walks in and she says, where's the gravy? And I was like, well, I didn't get gravy. I thought we'd all just like share this, like family meal real quick, and then we'll eat dinner in a little bit. So this is all you got. Yeah, honey, that's, that's all I got and you didn't get the gravy. I did not get the gravy. What did I tell you last week? 
you told me to get the gravy. Why didn't you get the gravy? They should put the gravy in there. I feel like ranch is like an extra, right? I'll pay 30 cents for my ranch, leave the gravy in so my wife can be happy. And it reminded me that, that when we really know things, that's when our hands are changed, right? We can read a devotion and we're changed temporarily, but when we know it and we feel it, we're truly changed by it, right? So the moral of the story is if you ever get Aubrey Dairy Queen, chicken strip basket, you get her what, church? Gravy. Now, when we go out... Is that Josh? Who was that? Kids' class is in the back. He's got jokes. When we serve God, we need to understand that it has to come from a true place of gratitude. And gratitude is going to come from our knowledge of His Word, our love and delight of His Word. Whether we've been spending time in it, knowing Him, and when we do that, we actually go out. So I'm not talking about devotions, right? I'm talking about a life devoted to the Lord. A life devoted to the service that God has called us to. See, a devotion can lead us into the Word of God, but that's what it's going to be doing. It's just that. And if it leads you anywhere else, you take that and you throw it in the trash, you don't need it. I'm serious. Now, if you're using it for other things, cool. But we, church, need to be delighting in, loving the Word of God, and then being changed by it. We should know God deeply, and when we know Him deeply, we are grateful and will live for Him as the Spirit guides us. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. When you know these things, it is He who made us. When you know this, it leads you to a place of gratitude and a life of devotion, doesn't it? That He made us. He's the Creator, Sustainer of all things. We are His. He possesses us. We are His possession. That is an amazing thing. Who better to, to be in the possession of than God Himself? We are His. We are His people. If you are a believer of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are His people. And the sheep of His pasture. Jump down to verse 5. Another thing to know, right? We're told in verses 1, 2, and 4 what we are to do. Verses 3 and 5, we're told why. Verse 5. For the Lord is good. Church, we do a whole lot more for bad people than we do for God. We'll go out of our way for people who have wronged us. And don't get me wrong, that's, in a sense that's great because that's what the Bible tells us, to forgive those who have done wrong to us, right? To serve our enemy, to love our enemy. But we'll go above and beyond for the enemy and never take a second out of our day to turn to our Lord who saved us, the one we were the enemy of, the one who dragged us out of our wrath and our mess, dragged us out of it. And we don't turn to Him to give thanks. You see, we begin to, to better understand why we do verses 1, 2, and 4 when we know who God is and what He would have for us. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness, and his faithfulness to all generations. Why would we serve anyone or anything else? 
You see, and, and this is a good place to be this morning for us in Psalm 100 when we, we live in a world full of brokenness, a world full of uncertainty, a world full of lies. And we are told that God, the One we are called to serve with gladness, to sing to, to shout for, it tells us that His steadfast love endures forever. See, it's tough to understand in a world where, where love with other people does not always last. Because this world is still feeling the effects of the fallen nature that we brought upon ourselves. We still feel the brokenness of this world, but we find our hope in God and God alone. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. Church, if that doesn't make us grateful this morning, I don't know what will. I don't know another place for us to be. I don't know another person or being for us to turn to because there's none like our God. There's no one like Him. No one else is our Creator. In our mother's womb, He formed us. Before creation, He knew us. We ran from Him. We continue to run from Him. And He does what only He can do. Amen, church? And in that, we should be grateful. And knowing that, we should be changed. Our gratefulness, gratitude, should lead us to devotion. Nelson, if you want to come back up here, brother. Churches, as we continue to think about this passage and just all of God's Word. And let me even jump into this. This does not triumph God's Word, but your experience. Time and time again, we have run, we have lived in rebellion of a mighty, faithful Creator. And He never relented. If you're saved, He surely didn't relent. He drew you in. We can think about the week leading up to this. The, the, the sins that we, we committed, and we can look at His faithfulness this morning. We can feel the weight lifted off because of the forgiveness, because of the, the payment that Jesus paid on the cross for His people. And we can look and we can say, that is a faithful and mighty God doing what I couldn't do, what I don't deserve, and could never earn. Grateful. And then my prayer for us this morning, church, is that we do not just hear that, but that we would feel it and be changed by it. That we would go out and live, live like God's redeemed people. That we would go out and be the people He has saved us to be. The biggest thing, church, is that we wouldn't do that alone. You understand that here within New Hill Church. Right? The call that God's Word is, has so heavily placed on our church family that we are to be just that, a family bearing the weight of one another, rejoicing with one another, weeping with those who weep, that we would feel that pain. We've been feeling it with one another, right? We felt the pain being apart. But church, let's press forward and let's not go back into the separated state. Let us connect with one another, love one another and serve with one another let us be changed by god's word forever 
If you have any questions about a relationship with Jesus, you've never really thought much about it, you just kind of did the, the church thing, then please just come find uh, me or whoever invited you. Uh, they'll point you in the right direction. Just find us after service. Pastor Simon's up here too. He'd be more than happy to talk with you. We just want to tell you about what Jesus has done, right? We're grateful for what he's done. And we understand that that is the very reason we are living a life devoted to him. Not because of us, but because of him who saves. Church, we're going to enter in a, a time of, of worship, just singing um, one, two more songs, one more song, one more song. You guys probably know if you've got the website up. We're going to sing one more song, and it's going to be our, our joyful noise to the Lord. It's going to be our, our spiritual worship this morning. Another way that we worship here at New Hill Church, if you're a member or a regular attender, you've bought into the vision, uh, is through giving. You can give back there um, at the in remembrance of me table. We've got the communion table back there. Not taking communion this morning, um, but you can go back there and give, for that is another way we worship God. We understand what he's done for us, and we want to live like it. Radically renewed. Amen, church? Let's pray. Father God, we just praise you. Pray that we would continue just to feel convicted. I pray that, pray that I'm not the only one. It is so tough to, to get up some days and, and serve with gladness. God, I pray that we would understand how beneficial it is, not just not simply for us to do those things, but that it's beneficial for the world as we go out to serve them to glorify You. God, to do the things that You've called us to do, that we would do it with gladness. And I pray that Your Spirit would provoke inside of us this renewed mind, a new way of thinking and a new way of living, radically renewed for You. God, that we wouldn't look like the world, God, that we would interact with the world. We would, we would go out and be with the world, but we would not be of it. I pray that, especially in this, this season where we're going to be spending a lot of times in, in devotions and, and talking about You and, and the birth of Your Son and how You sent Him and how it was a plan from the, uh, before the foundation of the world, before all creation, that You had this plan to save Your people. And I pray that as we think about that and reflect on that, this season, God, that, that we would be drawn closer to You, but God, that we would, we would be pushed out on mission, God, that we would get out of our comfort zone. And God, that it wouldn't just last for holiday seasons, right? That, and it, it would go beyond the new year where we're setting up New Year's revolutions, God. That we would go and live a life changed forever and ever. God, that every Sunday we would, we would wake up and we would gather and we would go back out together. God, that we would love the neighbors that you've placed around us, the literal neighbors. God, that we would, we would quit trying to, to write off or find loopholes, but God, that you would stir us up inside. Show us the places we are to go. God, I just want to thank you this morning for the space, God, that you've given us. I, I want to thank you for the joining of, of uh, New Life to us in New Hill. God, we're so thankful for this opportunity. God, not to see a bigger church, but God, to see the kingdom advance here in Medina. I pray for those who are missing. God, those who are, who are staying away for health reasons. God, I pray that you would be with them, that you would keep them healthy. I pray that you would keep us healthy. But God, as we continue to meet, I pray that, that we would be faithful to meet and to serve and to go and to put Jesus into perspective.
Lord, we love you. We praise you. We just thank you for this time that we've had together. In Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.